One thing about mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So if you are looking for the perfect gift to make mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu because body care is self-care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GSPP at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code GSPP for 10% off. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You can wish for it, or you can work for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you ain't working, you should be working. Let's work. These are the confessions of a workaholic. Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Corielle, and you are definitely in for a treat this week because our guest is going to help save us from Sally Mae. This episode is brought to you by Work, Pray, Slay Weekend, which returns to ATL November 1st through 4th. For details on how you can attend the biggest and best women's weekend of the year, be sure to log on to WorkPraySlay.com. And if you are enjoying these conversations, be sure to drop your girl a line on iTunes. So today we are talking to Sonia Lewis, the CEO of the first African-American and woman-owned student loan repayment company, in the country. And again today, hopefully she is going to help us save ourselves from Sally Mae and all of the stress that she is causing. So Sonia, are you ready to confess? I am. Okay, so let's start with like the very beginning. I always like to start by asking my guests what they started out their um, their career in, like what their profession was, because I think it's so interesting that our passions tend to lead us away from our profession. So what exactly did you start your career doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not too far removed. Um, my background is working in higher education and working with adults. So I was on the front end of working as an admissions officer at one point, an advisor, 
um, and an adjunct professor. So I was always in the world of college and college planning, um, but I didn't realize that understanding and understanding it well can actually um, turn into an opportunity to really monetize. So um, understanding my gift is how I got here. So super excited about that. Understanding my gift is how I got here. Somebody needs to quote that, tweet it, like <laughs> let a friend know that is so powerful um, because I, again, our passion sometimes lead us away because that's how we discover our gifts. So it is good that you were able to kind of find your passion and find your purpose in the profession that you already had. Would you say that it was like your own college experience or your own experience with student loan debt that inspired you to start your student loan repayment company? Or would you say it was more of the experience that you were seeing your students go through? Okay, so twofold. So it, I always tell people, you know, I'm super transparent. 2013, I was broke. My nickname was the overdraft queen. Okay, I had a shopping problems, judge yourself. And then <laughs> the challenge with that was like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to get my money together. I got these student loans due. So I was really stressed out. So here's what happened. I went to a, um, a class uh, through Dave Ramsey Financial Peace. And I realized that he was talking about everything relating to money, but we never talked about student loans. So what I would do is after class, I would sit with people almost like a counselor, if you would, um, members of the church and go through their student loan information with them. Now that was like ministry for me. It was free. I was helping people because I had just helped myself. And I remember thinking when I had a call to my lender, if it's difficult for me to get through this call and I know what questions to ask, what about the person that does not know what to ask or what to do? Um, and I built my business around that concept. How can I always sit in the shoes of someone that would just be lost, overwhelmed, scared? And how could I help make a good resolution for them? And I think definitely that the best teachers, the best coaches um, really have built their business and have built their platform based on their personal experiences. So I love that you are able to um, definitely uh, relate to your clients, but also that you are able and even willing to be so transparent about, you know, your own story. How transparent or how important do you think transparency has been for you in building your personal brand? Do you think that that has been, you know, like a benefit for you? Because so many people, um, you know, that I talk to that have these high hopes of building businesses and personal brands, they want to pretend like they're perfect patty. They don't want anybody to know what they've been through, how they got to where, you know, they are. Um, but I really believe people have to know where you come from so they know what you bring to the table, what value, what experiences you have um, that are going to help you help them. So how has your authentic authenticity helped build your brand? I think... For me, being authentic and being transparent is how I got here. Um, because if you're looking at me, you're looking to see if we have some similarities. Like, what has this girl been through? Does she really understand me? And, um, you know, it's no coincidence that the way our business has blown up or blew up <laughs> in the last uh, six months, it was just because someone was able to identify that looked just like me that say, you know what, I'm in the same boat as her. So I always share with people, you know, disproportionately African-American women, which I am, are disproportionately affected by student loan debt. And I always say, you know, our favorite shows never say or say or show that African-American women are also the most degreed in our country, right? But with those degrees come a lot of student loan debt. So it's no accident that if you see myself or you see my team, you're like, you know, I connect with these women. They get it. They are me. 
I am you. And so it's an easy connection. And I always try to be super, super transparent as possible. Um, because one, I didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I want to have a six figure business helping people with student loans. Like that's weird. I never, I never said that. So this journey that I'm on, I'm sharing the journey because you really never know who you're encouraging, who you're inspiring. Um, because we, we talk about being an Oprah, like somebody's got to be the next, right? And um, I think that comes from being a good role model and example. So what would you say is like the biggest misconception about student loans? Um, because so many people have them and are like dealing with them, but not everybody knows the ins and outs. Most of us ain't read our paperwork. Like we don't really know what we have signed ourselves up for. So what would you say is like the biggest misconception among your clients? Right. Most people can't find the paperwork. We got to start there. So um, I think the biggest misconception is that um, they don't have options. There are a lot of options that are still available through the prior administration, the Obama administration, that I'm really urging people to look into and to take action on. Um, I can't promise what's coming down the pipeline with this new administration. They have not yet made any significant changes that will impact um, the amount that someone pays per month just yet, but it's coming. So I'm telling people to be educated and to walk into repayment slowly, like right now, so that they have an idea of what it would look like. The other thing is a lot of people don't know that student loans are a barrier to buying a home. So when we talk about, you know, being the most degree African-American women, I'm just going to use that as an example, um, on trajectory, earn a lot of money. But then when we talk about things like buying a home, which creates legacy, they're not able to do because that student loan, that amount comes to the table with you. There are new programs and options available, but you've got to be in repayment and you've got to have your credit score together. Student loans affect your credit score because it is the one thing that you have been with, it's been reporting since you were like 18 or 19, depending on when you started school. So when you start repayment for your loans, your credit score will shoot up. A lot of people think it's the opposite. So if you're trying to fix your credit, I'm always telling people, let's fix your payment first. Let's figure out your payment first and then fix your credit because your credit, again, leads to things like home buying. And, you know, just on average, most people um, care about having good credit. So you want to be able to tackle that first. So is your credit negatively affected or impacted if you're in deferment? It's not, yeah, so okay. deferment or forbearance, it's not negative, it's just at a standstill. So the way that we want to look at student loans as it relates to credit is that your student loans are sitting on your credit report like a rock. It's just a huge amount, it's sitting there, it's, it's gaining interest, so it's growing slowly but surely, right? So that's what matters. So the problem here is that a lot of people don't realize how many points they are missing or losing by getting into an affordable repayment. Some people are even eligible for a $0 repayment, a $100 repayment, right? But everyone is playing the forbearance game. Now, the forbearance game, you only have 36 months in the lifetime of that loan to forbear your loan without any questions asked. After that, you've got to turn in paperwork, documentation, you know, show them that an arm is missing <laughs> to have your payment delayed. So you don't want to run through your 36 months when you could be eligible for a $0 or $100 payment, which most people could afford. Okay, so, and, and then I love that you mentioned, you know, the importance of really taking this seriously because it is going to affect your credit, which is going to affect your long-term planning. And one thing that I didn't realize until I went to purchase my first piece of property 
is that your debt to income ratio is totally thrown off by this crazy amount of student loan debt. So is there any way around that other than repayment? Oh, so here's, here's what I would say. Um, it's not going to be a crazy, a crazy amount depending on what the person. So let me go back. I want to digress because this is where I always get a little caught up with trying to explain it. So here's how I'll, I'll explain it this way. Um, everyone that's listening right to your podcast has a different situation, a different amount owed. Um, everyone's repayment is going to look really, really different per their situation. So when we're talking about different options for repayment, how big it'll be, how small it'll be, it's really, really going to matter um, and be decided on what that person has going on. Do they have kids? Do they not have kids? Are they supporting anyone? Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah, so it's a case-by-case thing. It's super case-by-case, and this is where I always get really, really irritated (laughs) because, like, my girlfriend has a $0 payment. Yeah, but your girlfriend also didn't tell you that last year she wasn't working for a while, you know? So you have to be careful when you're comparing apples and oranges with Mm -hmm. people because everybody's situation is so different. Um, And so you want to be mindful when you're having those conversations. Does that kind of answer the question a bit? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, of course, everybody's, um, you know, everybody's situation is different, but that's why I think these conversations are so crucial because people now can hear the options that they may have even though they feel like they don't have any options so um, definitely don't be discouraged hopefully this episode is going to encourage you all by giving you all some solutions as well as um, shedding some light on some misconceptions so one of the things that I've definitely heard and I know that you know, probably the majority of my listeners have heard that you can't bankrupt yourself out of these student loans. So does that pretty much mean um, there's no other way out other than repayment and, you know, the special programs? And again, I know it's case by case, but just generally speaking, if you can't bankrupt it, can you really do anything about it? You Like when you go on bankruptcy, um, because I have clients that have tried to do that, they they do what's called a, pro- a protective stance over your loans. So your loans become protected. So it's like, then let's say you do want to make a payment on your loans. You can't. They don't even let you touch your loans. It's the craziest thing. So you no know, bankruptcy is not always the option. Forgiveness is real. Public service loan forgiveness is really the saving grace for those with a lot of student loan debt. You may have to think about working in the field. Um, that would have you to become eligible. So government, um, if you're working for um, a nonprofit, a 501c3, um, an education um, institute. So if, there's, if it's an elementary school, it has to be Title I approved. If you're a teacher, you'll know what that means. If you're working in higher education, again, it has to be a private or not-for-profit. Um, or let's say you start your own nonprofit for entrepreneurs that are listening. This is what I've done because I was not about to lose these benefits. So if you have your own nonprofit and you're able to fund money through your own nonprofit, so you have to be able to show that you're being paid out through your nonprofit, you can then enroll into the program via that way if it's a 501c3. So that's the forgiveness program in a nutshell that I always say don't overlook and consider. If you are a nurse, if you are a teacher, if you are a physician, there are particular loan forgiveness programs available to you federally and state. 
So a lot of people don't know that there are federal programs and state programs. If you're working with us, we're telling you like, hey, you live here, you do this. These are the things you're eligible for. Because the way that that money works is that they take money off of the top of what you owe. So the forgiveness program, the public service program is forgiveness after 10 years of repayment. The forgiveness programs, the estate programs, they take money off of the top of your sum total. Does that make sense? So, yeah, it definitely does make sense. But all of this can definitely um, be confusing. And I think that's when we get caught up in, like, and I'm sure, you know, this is your industry. So I know you know about all these student loan scams that are going on. I got caught up in a student loan scam um, maybe a year ago when I got a phone call about these repayment options, which I'm sure, you know, are some of the things that you mentioned. And, you know, I was all excited about it. I listened to the whole thing, was all excited, was about to do it. And then I think I talked to my accountant about it. And he was like, you know, you can do that on your own, right? You know, you can just make a phone call and put in this paperwork and, you know, do it yourself. And really was able to do the exact same thing that they were going to charge me thousands of dollars to really just file a piece of paperwork. So that to me was just, I mean, I don't even know, like disrespectful. I mean, for you to be scamming people who obviously are in some type of situation why they're not paying their student loans, but you want to charge them on top of what they already know to file paperwork that they could do on their own. It's really taking advantage of people's ignorance. What are some of like the biggest scams um, or most popular scams that you've kind of seen that you can maybe like warn us about? Um, Because we've all seen like those Obama things, but you just mentioned that. So maybe that's not a scam. Well, no, the Obama program, the Obama administration reinstituted the program um, so that more people can be included. So that's, that's separate. But because of that, collection agencies and companies that are popping up left and right um, are like, for $1,000, we can get your loans forgiven. Or for only, you know, and I always say to people, if you had $1,000, you probably wouldn't be behind in your payment. So let's pause there. Or for 500 a month, we can, or, you know, so you just have to be careful and just use, you know, judgment. Like you had a, a good common sense to say to your accountant, let me see if this is good or not. You'd be surprised. Most people don't have that conversation with anyone because they're embarrassed or they want a quick fix. There's nothing quick fix about a student loan by the government, okay? So you're absolutely right. There's things that just can't go away overnight. So you do have to be careful when you hear about, we can get it forgiven today, um, that type of thing. Um, I don't think it's anything wrong with paying for service. That's how our company works. But I do think it's something wrong when one, you don't know what's happening with your account, and two, you're being charged an ungodly amount for what I'm not sure. And when you read the contract, it says that it includes roadside assistance. You know, those type of things you gotta be really careful about. So I think at the end of the day, what it comes down to is if you need help, seek professional help. Because here's what I'll tell you, Coriel, a lot of people don't know this, but people have what's called fear um, and shame that come into play when we're talking about student loans. And it will really shut them down. Yes, they could go online and do the application themselves, but do they go and do it? No. It gets to the point where it will hurt so bad that they'll call once they go into their paycheck. Don't call or get help once somebody's in your paycheck. Get help before then. But then it'll be, I had one client, 
he was being garnished for three years. And the only reason he decided to get professional help because he couldn't do it himself. He got overwhelmed. Um, they were frustrating him when he called in was he was about to propose. So when a lot of guys come to me, ironically enough, I know they're about to buy a house or propose. So he's about to propose. And he was like, you know, his fiance had asked him a conversation about his credit and his money. And he just felt so embarrassed that he didn't want to go into the marriage that way, which is kudos to him for recognizing that's not how you should go into a marriage. Um, but again, you will be very, very surprised that a lot of people don't say anything or don't ask for help until it hurts bad enough. And that's definitely what I have always said, just as single women, um, you know, nobody wants to sit down at the table with the man that you think, you know, you want to marry and you got to tell him you got $200,000 in student loan debt and a 500 credit score. You know, nobody wants to have those uncomfortable conversations. So being proactive, I think is definitely, definitely crucial. Um, and you, you actually led me right into my next question, which was wage garnishment, because I, you know, ignorance is bliss because I, I, life was all good when I didn't know that this was possible. I didn't realize that they could literally dip into your paycheck. I thought that was like a child support thing, like wage garnishment equals yeah. child support in my head. I didn't know. And so I literally ran into a teacher, a teacher of all people, an underpaid, overworked teacher who was being garnished for her student loans that her career was never gonna pay for anyway. Like the thought of that is just so crazy to me. I didn't even realize it was going on, but is that something that people are voluntarily signing up for? Like how does it get to that point? Yeah, so when it gets to that point, it's because to be quite honest with you, someone ignored and neglected the loan for so long. I mean, literally they send you letters in the mail that turns colors. They call all the people you've ever known and put down as a reference. So when it gets to garnishment, a lot of people are not surprised. And so what probably happened in this situation is the young lady realized how much she owed possibly, and she knew how much she made. And if you put those two things together in her mind, she could have said, you know what, I just cannot afford this. But here's what I'm going to tell you. That is the time to be in repayment because a lot of times, you don't have to make that payment that they're initially requesting or asking for. The income-based repayment plans really are your friend. And because she's a teacher, she could qualify for teacher loan forgiveness, a cool five to 17,000 off the top. And because she probably works for a Title I school, just depending if she was working in the city, she could um, receive the difference of those loans to be forgiven. You know, she could write out her payment plan, a $0 a month payment plan for those 10 years. If that's what she needed to do, if you could pay it off sooner, I encourage it. But some people need to be on the extended plan of 10 years. And at the end of the 10 years, they would get all of the debt 100% forgiven. So a lot of times people just don't know what they don't know. And again, it goes back to fear or it goes back to, I just, I do not see where this money is coming from and they do not make the payment and they neglect it. Like it will go away, but a federal student loan garnishment is easier to do than child support, believe it or not. All it does is take one letter from the government and your employer has to act on it. With child support, you're going back and forth to court. No, no, no. This letter will just come. After 270 days of a missed payment, you go into what's called default. After about six to nine months, again, it depends on how aggressive your lender is with collections, you can end up in wage garnishment. So there is a plan that you'll be put on, and depending on the timeline of that plan will depend on how quickly they'll go after you for collections. <sighs> 
Well, the good thing is, and I know everybody listening is feeling a little stressed out. I'm feeling stressed out oh, too. No. And, I, and I think I kind of got my student loans together a little, a little bit. I might need to book a session, but I'm feeling stressed out just having the conversation just because I know how badly so many people are affected and just feel like they are like digging themselves out of literally the deepest right. hole. Um, because we've been running from them and we've been running from them because we thought we could get away. We thought we was, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what I thought, but Sally Mae is not going anywhere. She is not playing games. Um, but Sonia is here as a resource and y'all know I'm always screaming and shouting about supporting our black business owners. So for her to be the CEO of the first African-American African-American and woman-owned student loan repayment company, you are definitely um, going to have to support support yourself by supporting her. Um, okay, so here's my last question. Just in terms of business and entrepreneurship, what would you say is like that one thing that changed it all for you and your business? Like if you could pinpoint that one thing that just was like your launching pad, whether it was a product or a relationship, a connection, an opportunity, what would you say is like that one thing that just like put you on the map? Opportunity, okay. It was October of 2016. Um, a woman by the name of D. Marshall, if you're not familiar with her, you should look her up on Instagram, DC Marshall. Um, she invited me to the White House. It was a conversation on things that affect African-American women and girls. And it was a fancier name for it, but that's what it boiled down to. And there were 50 women invited to the room. And I remember I had a PTO at work and I was like, I'm going to be in that room. And this is before the shade room. This is before any blow up or recognition. I was just starting this business. I was maybe like three months in. And I remember I had the last question of the room and I asked, I said, by a show of hands, who in this room has student loan debt? Everyone in there in that room raised their hand. It was a room of African-American prestigious, well-to-do women, right? I said, but yet it's the one thing that this conversation has not entailed. I said, and it's the one thing that's going to affect our legacy. So, you know, I went into my pitch because I wanted to put it on the agenda. The conversation was what should the Obama administration consider and still work on post their, um, their term? And I got so much feedback after when we were just talking amongst each other, like, you know, thank you for bringing that point up because that is something that we're worried about. We're talking about putting our girls in STEM programs, but how are they going to afford it? We're not making a plan for them. So it was just really eye-opening to me to, one, be invited to the White House on my gift, two, to really be validated in that space, and three, you can't go back to work playing small after that, right? And what I'll tell someone listening, because someone, I feel like your podcast, I've been listening to it for a while. If you're listening daily to your podcast, like it's going to do two things. It's going to motivate you and it's going to get someone mad. I'm going to say it again. It's either going to motivate someone or it's going to get them mad. I'm hoping that they get motivated by listening to you and figure out how to be a girl boss on their own. No, everyone doesn't need to be a full-time entrepreneur. No, that's not what I'm saying. But you do need to tap into your gift because if job A closed tomorrow, what would you activate for B and C? And everybody needs to have that plan together. So what's going to happen here is I'm telling someone that's listening to this recap of this podcast, everyone listening to this, I think your audience is fabulous and phenomenal and has a gift. Don't worry about the student loan debt per se so much. It's like, oh, I'll never be able to pay it back. Your gift will make room and opportunity for you, which turns into money, which turns into an opportunity to pay these loans, pay them down, get them forgiven. But at the end of the day, if we just hit fast forward, Coriel, I think that's what we really need to do. It's about legacy. 
if you today or tomorrow were to be done and you would leave this earth, what would they say about you? Could they say you were a good giver? Could they say that, you know, we don't want them to say, oh, she had the greatest uh, red bottoms. Like that's, that's superficial. We want to know what could someone really, really say about your legacy. And you can't be a good giver broke. I've never seen someone leave a red bottom behind in a will. Maybe, but that's not cute. You can't leave an apartment behind, but you can leave a home for people to come to and celebrate with you. So for me, I'm all about what does this generation, this generation right now listening to your podcast, what will they say about us? What would they say about that person individually? And it starts with the day-to-day decisions. And one of those things, just to be quite honest with you, is tackling your student loans, as simplistic as it may sound, because it's going to free you up to do things with your money that you never thought you can do. You'll be able to travel. You'll be able to invest. And so that's what I'm on. Don't let this thing called Sally Mae, or that's what we we joke and call it, um, hold you up from living your best life. So if you're following me, if you're engaging with us, um, just know that the agenda is always, how do we get you to your best life? I'm not excited about Sally Mae being repaid, but I'm excited about you being able to do the things that you are on purpose to do. Sonia, I have truly enjoyed this conversation, although it does have me a little stressed out. And I know that my ladies appreciate all of this knowledge that you have been dropping. And I know that so many of them are going to be reaching out to you because they are ready to take action, stop talking about it, start being about it, and start getting our shit together. My thing is, whether we're talking about credit, student loans, whatever it is, You cannot sweep that stuff under the rug, but for so long, eventually it's going to start piling up under that rug and everybody is going to see it, right? And so it's better to handle things now um, proactively. And even if you're not being proactive, even if you've been slipping for a little while, it's never too late to get it together. So Sonia is an amazing resource. She obviously has a wealth of information and I believe you're going to be in good hands um, when you are working with her again so that you can help yourself. So Sonia, please let them know where they can find you online, how they can learn more about your services, and where they can connect with you on social media. Sure. So we're revamping our podcast, which is already on iTunes. There's some old episodes there. Um, I really want to make it personalized to the person that needs some help and inspiration in this area. So that's the Student Loan Doctor LLC that's on on iTunes. Um, but if you're on Instagram, that's where all the fun happens. And we probably have too much fun on that page. I it really is like the 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 highlight of my day most times because of the responses that I get in the comment section. But on Instagram, it's the student loan doctor. The website is the student loan doctor LLC.com. And then if you know, like I need help, I want to engage with her, I want to work with her and her team. Um, it's doctorpleasehelpme.com. I made it really, really simple for that website, doctorpleasehelpme.com. So we just look forward to engaging with every and anyone that needs our help. And we always give like a virtual hug through the phone because I know people are stressed out people don't call in happy they leave happy um so we're very well aware of what we're up against um but i tell you i wouldn't be wanting to do anything else in the world and it doesn't feel like work when you're on purpose this has been another game-changing episode of confessions of a workaholic meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work you already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to do the work. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. See you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.